Hey friends, welcome to the Rhythms for Life podcast, where each week we talk about four rhythms that help you reduce stress and anxiety and take charge of your emotional health. Rest, restore, connect, create. These ideas come from Rebecca's best-selling book, Rhythms of Renewal, trading stress and anxiety for a life of peace and purpose. So grab your copy, invite your friends, and let's live in rhythm. Welcome back. I'm Rebecca, and I am so excited to just give you guys this bonus episode, this conversation of the Asbury outpouring that I got to go be a part of, um, to join with so many tens of thousands that came from around the country. It was so powerful, so much that the Lord did that day. It was a a 12-hour day on the road, and I'm forever changed, and I just felt like I needed to share it with you. And so I'm going to have a conversation with Grant Skeldon. He's on our team. He's mobilizing the next generation with everything we're doing with Q Ideas. He is all about the next generation, the initiatives of mobilizing the next generation, and has such a heart for what God is doing in Gen Z. And all of a sudden, Grant you used to be the young guy, and now you feel like you're the old guy. But Middle guy. The middle guy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. He's definitely younger than me. But just um, we have a kindred heart, I think, for what God is doing in in what is kind of like my kids launching into the world, but even young professionals in their 20s and just some with who have been given just an incredible platform and are still developing just this beautiful spiritual formation. Yeah. So I texted you, Grant. Tell me your vantage point on that that day. Well, I, yeah, for a couple of days, I wanted to go probably like many people that were watching. I was like, should I go? And I'm, I'm from Dallas, but being here in Nashville, I looked it up. Like, what, where is Wilmore, Kentucky? I've never been to Kentucky till that trip. Right. But I saw how close it was. And yeah, it was a bit on the fence. So when you text me, I'm like, okay, if the boss says it's okay and wants to go, <laughs> then let's let's make a trip. As well as we we pray so much for the next generation, like to not go and see something that's close by yeah. or what it felt like was a miss. So I was really thankful. Just we would later see the timing pretty perfect because things would change pretty quickly after that. For sure. Um, in fact, I remember walking in our office and I was like, who wants to go? Like right now, like in in an hour. (laughs) Um, and that was I didn't know until later, or as I was making that decision that that I didn't even think I would be able to get into Hughes because as of that morning they had really wanted to reserve that auditorium for 25 and under, which I loved actually. I was like, I'll still go and stand outside and pray for people. Or I didn't even know that there would be a screen or a TV or um, even it would be amplified outside. Mm -hmm. But um, so we did, we, the six of us uh, jammed in the car and just started driving. And I don't know about you, but I had such a heart of expectancy. Um, Backstory on me with this whole idea is that the Lord really pressed on my heart deeply in 2014 to start just praying um, on my knees for him to make himself known so visibly in our time. Mm -hmm. And I I wouldn't have called it, you know, I I think it was revival because, and I'd love to talk about that too. Like revival is such a big word and there's a lot of different versions and expressions of what that looks like. So many people would say revival revives the hearts of someone who once was alive, who's grown dormant and now bringing it back to life. Whereas awakening might be one who has never really encountered the Holy Spirit or Christ himself. And it's like awakening something in there. I'm not going to be the expert on that. I think all those things can actually merge. But Grant, um, what was your first, um, I don't know, impression pulling into Wilmore because you had never been? The sunset, do you remember the sky? Yeah, that was a, that's actually ironically the first thing I think of. Uh, it's funny because 
yeah, that sunset. And then I would say, we never talked about this, but I would say about five minutes out, we did turn on worship music. I think we were like, okay, it's getting closer. Uh, and there's two ways to go in. Like there's a way to be kind of a spectator and see if it's real. It's maybe like Zacchaeus. And then there's like the woman with the 12 year blood issue who mm-hmm. comes in like with expectation, yeah. even after prayer, after prayer and doctor, after doctor wanting a miracle. Yeah. And her posture was more God's going, I, I I think God's going to do something this time. I still believe, even though I haven't seen it. And I, I see us and uh, any leader that's gone, which I think has got a lot of critique mm-hmm. of like all these different people are traveling there to see it. But like, if you've been praying for a mm-hmm. revival in our country and in our world and in this generation, especially in light of what we're seeing in the nation, why would you not be encouraged or excited to go see it? Oh, and yeah, yeah I, I what we didn't talk about is I just felt like, we were kind of joking around and then about five minutes in and the sunset, there was like a different posture shift yeah. and a different type of even like peace. Yeah. And I can be a little cynical too. Like uh, we go to a lot of Christian events and unfortunately my like my judgment hat can kind of yeah. come on. Yeah. Sure. And my my wife always got on to me. It was like, Grant, you like can't go to church anymore and just experience it. You kind of, or a Christian event, you always like see what could have been better. And I was mm. like, at the time she worked for a construction company, not mm. as a builder, <laughs> but as a, like in the office, but she knew. And I said, in yeah. the same way you go to like, we'll, we'll be passing construction sites and you'll be like, oh, they got that one or they got this, or they're not even doing that that well. And right. it's like, I never would see that. But I think mm. I say that to say, unfortunately, because we're in this world, sometimes you can come with a little bit of judgment. But I just felt like a peace sweep over us and and a posture of like decide towards like that woman um, yeah. that, with expectation. Yeah. And uh, that posture seemed, I've, I probably have never been in a room with so much collective posture of yes. people like that too. Where it's like, I don't know if there's anyone here, even if they came in as a skeptic, it's pretty quick. Like this is authentic and this is yeah. real. And you could walk away with a, a tender moment with God if you would uh, posture your heart for it. It's true. Um, I think... Uh, I don't even know where to begin. I'll probably just burst into tears. But honestly, I felt so drawn, like with a sense of urgency that morning. I was like, I couldn't stop crying because, again, it had been something for nine years that had been in my in my spirit, very deep. Like, and I I just really believed and had I, I didn't know exactly what that would mean, but I just believed that God would when I would read books on revival or awakenings from the centuries past. It was almost as if a revival was God in some way, in some kind way, like pulling back the curtain just enough yeah. to see a little bit more of his of his mighty hand. It's, it's like, you know, just giving us a little closer glimpse of his glory and giving us the permission to kind of enter the Holy of Holies in some tangible, palpable way here on earth. And when you get that kind of revelation from the Lord, that invitation, um, then you can't not be impacted by him. Because yeah. as we know, reading through scriptures, anyone who would behold him, I mean, nope. I mean, it was, it was like he would be with his people, but it would be with a pillar of cloud or a pillar of fire, like, or you had to, only the priest could carry the ark. I mean, there was so much reverential yeah. awe yeah, for God himself. So this, I think, was his kind way of going, hey, I'm going to draw near 
to you and I'm going to ask you to draw near to mm-hmm. me. And I think it says in scriptures, he draws near to those who draw near to him. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And I love that verse in Amos that says, his eyes roam the earth looking for whose hearts are completely his. So God is very aware of those of us who yearn for him or long for him or ache for this kind of thing, right? And so it was so funny. We're halfway through singing. Um, well, there's, I'll get to it in a second, but um, when I stepped on to, like, the sunset was glorious. It was like living color, pink, like the whole sky. And it was just, you're right, we were like all riding in, and it was like a sobering, beautiful, like, reverence. It was sacred. And then we get out of the car and we see the line and there's just kindness everywhere. I just feel like it, I described it this weekend as loving kindness. It just, but I had kind of this giddy, like gladness that felt a little like Christmas morning. Yeah, you I, did have that. I did. I was, I was like a five-year-old and I, I, I don't know. It did. It felt like Christmas, <laughs> like the best Christmas ever. Um, because again, you kind of come with expectation. It's something you've looked forward to for a very long time, some some version of this, I guess. And then you can't like the you can't even deny like the gladness in your heart. Like, wow, God, you are so incredible to grace us like this with this. Um and, and yes, you used Asbury as the place for this seed to to flourish and bloom. But there are so many people now coming who have been behind the scenes praying into this, yeah. right? Not just Asbury. Ab- absolutely, that school has been a, a pillar of that. But so many kindreds around the nation mm-hmm. came because the the same longing, the same expectation, the same delight, and. So we waited in line. They had an overflow. They sent some of our crew went over there for a bit to check that out. And they said it was just the same spirit, beautiful, like even in a remote location, like the reverence was off. And and even the worship they were sharing was just, um, just, I remember, I believe it was Angela that said like, this is the most emotional like worship I've ever experienced. Mm-hmm. And this was like in the, in the satellite location (laughs) (laughs) but it was just so tender and so grant and i kind of held our spots in line and you started talking to people behind us but like everyone was just excited and expecting yeah i i'm curious for you would you how has um has it changed a little bit of your posture or perspective going to church now or going to, you've been even at different conferences, like how has it changed your approach since seeing that? Yeah, well, it's kind of that idea of what we always talk about when you taste and see how the Lord is good, whether that's in solitude or stillness, or maybe you've tasted and seen how good He is in healing or like deliverance or resurrection life of maybe you were afflicted with depression or anxiety or for me, panic attacks. I remember the Lord pulling me out of a pit of panic disorder and despair. And I remember after that season, I, cu- I couldn't stop smiling. So when you encounter God's goodness in a very palpable, tangible way, you don't go back the same. You don't remain the same. Yeah. And that's what it did for me. How about you? I think like that that woman, again, with the 12-year blood issue, that's probably what's come to mind a lot because uh, I think about how she was in the presence of God and and touched him with the expectation. I just like... The thing when people say, "Hey, what stood out the most?" Uh, one, I always want to. I said, "I want." Well, if we go on this, I'm going to critique some of the critiques. And one of the yes. biggest critiques I hear about the Asbury deal is it's people kind of capitalizing on it to to 
to, I think, support a message of like, we got to, they didn't have any lasers or fog or machines or big speakers and all these things. And and I just always want to say like, there's a lot of churches across America that don't have those things um, in rural areas and just places that don't desire to have that. And I, I don't want to say that, I don't think that Asbury is what it is because of what it's missing. But what I did see the most is like the posture of the people was expectation. Mm-hmm. It was hunger. And for that woman, I mean, it sticks out to me that the that Jesus says like, hey, who touched me? And mm-hmm. and Peter actually says, how can you even ask this question? Everyone's touching you. And it really convicts me. And that was probably my experience of seeing it, of uh, that Jesus could be like touching everyone, but if you don't also have an expectation and, and a belief, God can do something new. Yeah. Even, um, even if we see this years have been hard, um, yeah. that this could be the day that God's going to do something beautiful. Like I, I think it's refined how I try to go to church where I'm, I shared this morning, like I used to take a lot of, it's made me think, what was I, I felt kind of like I felt um, in the early days of becoming a new believer. Yeah. Um, and I kind of came, came kicking and screaming, but once I was in, I was like, all right, <laughs> I feel too convicted to be live in the world and to do this. I'm just gonna choose to to choose Christ. And um, I remember I was like, I got so much to learn if I'm gonna be a Christian. And I would like be gleeful, like you're talking about, and hungry to learn. I always had a, a notepad, and I think that at some point I kind of feel like I maybe thought I arrived, or I read mm-hmm. enough books, or I already know what the pastor's gonna say, or I know I've heard this before, mm-hmm. or I and. I've felt like I need to get back to that that verse Psalm 40 51 that talks about like restore the joy of your salvation. Yeah, and yeah. I I want to come in like I want to take notes. I want to expect at, I want to come in as a rookie that's still learning and still expecting and um that's yeah. probably yeah that's probably what's been different as well as the last thing is I I definitely feel like this year it's, I I really pray that it's just the beginning yes, and that yeah. we would like seek like a very sacred, kind of any limiting, I think I've had limiting beliefs on myself of how reverent of a life I can live Mm -hmm. and how close to God. Like, I think I've even compromised. I kind of want to be cool and fun Mm -hmm. and Christian and little Jesus. And now I'm like, none of the saints like that I look up to, like the ones that, like the C.S. Lewis or the Spurgeons, and then there's a whole bunch of others that they kind of have, they're marked by this like anguish and devotion to God. Yeah. And that is the cool thing. Like yeah. that's what is cool. Yeah. And um, I think maybe it's a mistake that my generation made is like, we want to make Christianity cool. And now I'm kind of thinking, I just really want, I want to be the kind of person when you walk in a room, you hear stories of, they you could just tell that person was close to God. And like before they ever said a word. And um, I think that requires a lot of devotion. So like the last week I've been waking up at 6 a.m., 5.30. Come on, come on. And I'm like, all right, I don't need to read. I just bought a Bible this big. I'm like, I'm not, <laughs> with commentary. I'm like, yeah. I want to fight to to grow more yeah. and to grow closer and be more like disciplined so that when this year continues to go, and again, I'm expecting from this just to be the spark in the beginning that that we're ready um, and yeah. not like trying to catch up. Well, that's what I noticed about you, Grant. Even in line, we were standing out line in the line for like an hour and 20, whatever. We weren't sure how long it would go. And we struck up a conversation together and some with people around us. And what I've always admired about you, Grant, is like a a genuine humility and desire to kind of seek to understand. And mm-hmm. so you had a lot of questions, even like of my journey or the people around. And 
I, I can always tell like those wheels are turning because you are really wanting to be open and available to the interruption of God. And I think that's really all God is asking of us, right? Yeah. That we would um that we would just be like that woman you're describing, right? The reason Jesus responds to her was because he he knew from her encounter how expectant she was mm-hmm. and how desperate, quite frankly, 12 years is a long time, yeah. desperate she was. And God really does start to see our desperation. And I think the more we're comfortable showing that, right? Because I mean, the more comfortable I am with the Lord, and then I therefore become more comfortable with Gabe, not withholding from him, um, with my kids, not withholding from them, with my friendships, not withholding from them, is because I I start with God in, in the secret place, and I tell him the worst, and he knows the worst, but let's just be honest, we have to get in a rhythm of confessing the worst. Mm-hmm. He can know it, but we might not know it. And the Psalms are always talking about, reveal to me even the 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 places that I'm not aware of, the blind spots in my life, please expose those Holy Spirit so that you can prune and purify and make me new. And um, I I love that about you. And I think we all have to be lifelong learners in, in a lot of areas, but primarily the area of becoming a follower of Jesus. I want to be just as excited. And this is what also kind of remind me of the revival too uh, at Asbury was I was like a kid again, and I was reminded of the verse of Jesus, let the children come to me and forbid them not, right? Well, all these kids in this room could be my kids. That's how old I am. And I'm like, they're doing that. They're coming as kids. And I, therefore, even in response to what God is doing, I'm coming as a kid. I'm coming with the same eager desire and longing for more of God as they are. And it and because God transcends time and space, there yeah. is no age limit on when we're supposed to stop being like crazy about following Jesus. Um, we talk a lot about in our on our team, you know, about zeal and wisdom in the yeah. same room. And that's what, you know, the maturity of, you know, the elders, I'll call myself, you know, someone that's a, a little bit older. And then, and I'm certainly, there's elders I'm looking up to, the sages, where I'm going, please show me what 70, 80 years of discipleship and following Jesus looks like. I mean, to see that like light in their eyes still, but also, it, you know, me in my mid 40s going, I want to still have a heart like a child that comes to the Lord and leans into his chest and say, I feel safe here to be seen and known and loved in the absence of shame. And so I did have a question, though. You were talking about the critiques. Um, were you saying they were critiquing that there weren't like lights in production? Yeah. Well, the- I think groups were just kind of talking about how like, hey, it's because we've commercialized church so much or overproduced church. I, I've just seen a lot of okay. that. Like, we need to scale it back. We need oh. to get back to the basics. Yeah. Um, but most churches, especially medium-sized or larger churches, I don't think like... Are overproducing. Uh, oh, yeah. And yeah. if they cut the lights and cut all that, I, I don't think it's... I don't want to say those things don't matter or that there couldn't be a healthy conversation around yeah. that. I just, I just think that uh, it's uh, the posture of the people matters a lot yeah. more than... Yeah. Within that kind of stuff. Well, and I wonder, you know, I mean, I I have not paid attention to the critiques. I'm like, don't rain on my parade, people, because <laughs> yeah. this is amazing. So I've not really paid a whole lot of attention to it. But um, I think it is natural for man to stand back and see something supernatural they can't explain and try to quantify and assess. And God's like, can you can you just stop? Like, um, 
I'm a re- reminded of a verse in Isaiah. He's like, hey, hey, guys, like, I don't need your temples. I reign in the heavens and the earth. Is that not enough for man? Yeah. It's God kind of like looking at us and going like, you're going to try to stand back and, and summarize and size this up and like try to figure out what I'm doing. But here's the thing. You're not going to be able to put me in a container and predict why this happened. And that's that's the whole point is that's the mystery and wonder and reverential awe that we should have of God and know that he doesn't do things the same, right? Like he's, he's the master creator and we get to marvel at, um, we get to marvel at the mystery of it. And so all he's really asking from us, regardless of what we think Asbury looked like is a broken and contrite heart, a, a longing and a desperation for him, a desire to, to just be with him, not to take what we got and then, you know, commercialize it or popularize it or make it cool, but going like just you, just this encounter is literally shifted me in such a way that I'm, I'm leaning in. And, um, so I guess I would ask, how do you see this playing out? Like, I know for you personally, but what is even your hope, um, for the the people that you serve, um, for Gen Z, for, um, you know, young professionals, but even for people like me, if you, even for adults, um, like broadly, what what's a beautiful picture of what this looks like to you? I think uh, we talked about like the different generations and I love uh, some of the language we've been using lately of like, he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yeah. So it's, um, I, I really hope that uh, generations, and I actually would include millennials and, the, of course, the older, yes. kind of the big brothers. There's the mother and fathers, the grandfathers and mm-hmm. grandmothers, like you, call, you use the word sages, um, that we would so come around Gen Z. And yeah. uh, I think you're completely right that we have the wisdom, even if it's gained through experience and failure. Hard it's fought. still like, <laughs> hey, I, I want you to get further faster than, yeah. than it took me. And I don't want you to run into the same wall over and over and over again to learn this truth. I want, I want to, yeah, again, I want to help you. Um, and then, yeah, for, for us to kind of like fan into flame what God's doing in that generation, especially towards, Mm -hmm. uh, evangelism, almost like the ancient ways, if we can make those new again, Mm -hmm. fasting, Mm -hmm. silence, uh, Sabbath, uh, prayer, um, evangelism, these uh, anchored in the Word of God. Some of these things that, I'll be honest, I didn't see among millennials as much. Um, I saw causes. I saw passion. I, yeah. And and I there's some of these things that will never graduate. They'll never go out of style. They're sure. evergreen principles that tend to mark revivals. And uh, yeah. we're seeing a remnant in Gen Z that really values those things and yeah. that we would come around and fan that into flame. Um, I think of First Timothy 4.12. It says... Uh, do not look down on, yeah, do not look down on the young people, basically. But it actually says um, that this, it says to Timothy, two verses after that, and do not neglect the gift you have, which was yeah. given to you by elders. Right. Um, and and he would later talk about like fan into flame that gift. Yes. Um, that he said is your grandma, Lois, like yeah. gave it to you. And yeah. so um, I see, I loved being in that room and seeing that young people sparked it and instigated it. But older generations, I don't think it, it if you took the older generations, like millennials, boomers, Xers out of that room, it would not be a full room. I don't even no. think half the room. Right. Um, so it's it was everyone. However, God often does instigate revolutions, revivals, awakenings, 
through young people, yeah. but it never just stays young people. Right. And, um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see that across the nation in different in different spheres. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, there were definitely elders in the room. I remember um, when we got in and we were singing and looking across the balcony at John Tyson and Christy Tyson that were are my pastors in New York City that we served with for the, all the years we lived there. And we've always been revivalists with them, like just like leaning into this. Yeah. And it was so fun to see them stay there for a few days and us coming in and, and just, and yes, it was sparked by students, but within, you know, an hour and a half, the president who did speak that night, which I loved, it showed elders in the room mm-hmm. who, who actually, um, helped shepherd and, and serve quite mm-hmm. frankly, the servant leaders of even the elders or the adults and the grandparents, um, but what that showed me is that he then, the president of Asbury, invited the whole student body to go back. And so they all had permission to leave class. And and then it was a lot of the faculty and staff that yeah. were adults that were serving and facilitating and making this happen. And I do love how all generations, even the faculty and staff served, and that revivals will include all generations, all ethnicities, the more diverse, the better. And the, you know, when when he says I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh and the young men will see visions and the old men will dream dreams it's 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 all of us and um and I just think how wonderful to be an elder I keep calling myself an elder <laughs> but to be older and to look out even in my own kids who are now launching in colleges and look at them and go for this child I prayed you know, specifically this one prayer for nine years or this one prayer for 15 years. Like, man, and to think of my parents and my grandparents and Gabe's grandmother who prayed for us every day until she passed in her 90s and his mom who just passed a year ago and prayed for us every day. Like, God will use the prayers of every generation to usher in his presence and his power. So that's the beauty of it all. We're going to keep talking about this topic at our Culture Summit in April. It's an annual event we do um, all about talking about the tensions of our time and what is God doing in the world and how do we wake up to that? How do we join in the renewal of all things? And so this year, we're going to have more conversations of our own revival and awakening. Grant, um, share with us some of the things we're going to touch on. Yeah, so April 27th and the 28th here in Nashville, we will have conversations that kind of complement what we see is becoming a current, uh, yeah, big conversation nationally. And a couple of those conversations, we have a Gen Z leader here that uh, we really love. And I'm not seeing anything like what we're seeing this kid and now an army of Gen Z kids sharing yeah. the gospel boldly here in Nashville weekly um, in some of the hardest parts of the city and some of the most populated parts of the city. Um, there's also, if you've heard, God is doing and has been doing a lot of amazing things in Brazil. And we'll have Teo Hayashi, who's here, talking about what is revival and just yeah. kind of giving some uh, description and just sharing stories that I think will really encourage your faith of what they're seeing happen in Brazil. And then, and then lastly, also another one that I think will really tie into this is Oz Guinness, who uh, has gotten to see so much and has always kind of been a trusted voice on the church. Uh, he's going to talk about like the theology and the history of awakenings. And yeah. so uh, we'd love to have you guys join mm-hmm. us and see. Luckily, there will be topics of current issues, but luckily one of the big current things that's happening in the church and in the nation today is God is moving and the whole church is watching. Yeah. So we would love to have you join us for that. You can, there's a 
few tickets left in the room. We are very close to sold out. So if you're interested, jump on that pretty quick and come to Nashville and be with us in the room where it happened because it is pretty amazing. Um, And then also we have virtual tickets where you can watch the whole Culture Summit online. They have uh, individual rates and even group rates if you want to watch it individually or with your small group or your family or your team at work, whatever, Uh, your staff at, at a church. Uh, we're just excited. We were really excited and we're so thankful that God is just um, paving the way and we're just joining him. And if this is an encouragement to you, just know that um, God is really a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And for those of you who are praying for this, I'm going to pray with you that you'll see God awaken your kids, your your grandkids, whoever's watching or listening, uh, that what was sparked this spring, this February, I think in the whole year is just continued to be a groundswell. Jesus Revolution movie just came out. I went this weekend. I was crying through that whole thing. And it's just a cool way of seeing an account of something even that long ago in the 70s of just like, okay, God is every generation. He draws near. And how cool for us to be able to witness that. Thanks so much, Grant, for being with us. Thanks for what you shared. And um, I'm just, I'm on your team, whatever you need. I'll be your mama bear anytime. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Rebecca. So I hope that encouraged you. If you guys want to join us for Culture Summit, again, you can come. There's a couple tickets left that you can come and be in the room with us. And If you want to grab a virtual pass, just go to qideas.org and it will give you all the information there for Culture Summit. We'd love to have you. There's going to be more there, as you know, and um, just lean in. And I hope this encourages you this week. I guess what I'm doing right now is just continuing to wait on the Lord and ask Him, Lord, just lead and guide and every day, wherever I go, anyone I encounter, Lord, would you just give me spiritual eyes to see them how you see them and, and bring up opportunities for um, evangelism. And God is doing it. It's been amazing. I was just in a city in Omaha this last weekend, did three sessions in, at their conference within two services. And I have to say, I had some of, some of the most profound prayer moments with individuals just in the back of just what God is delivering them from, whether it's suicidal ideation or just a massive depression. And God is on the move. And I think he's really inviting us to just ask him to get in the middle of our pain. So I hope this encourages you today. So grateful for you guys. It's a joy to journey with you in this podcast, to bring in these interruption <laughs> moments and um As far as I'm concerned, these are the most important things we could be paying attention to. So y'all have a great week and we will see you soon.